0: All right, welcome back everyone to the Blue Brothers Sportscast. I'm Caleb and with me as always is Brandon. And this week we will go ahead and jump right into things. And as you all well know, we begin with. Did you know? We throw random facts at you each and every week. And this one is presented by Brandon. What do you have for us?
1: Uh, I got kind of an interesting thing here. I got three facts here that revolve around the movie Wayne's World. Okay. Um, The first one I found that was kind of interesting is that the whole movie was shot in 34 days. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, it only took them 34 days to shoot the entire thing. Uh, Second one is one of the funnier scenes in a movie is... A scene where Wayne's ex-girlfriend gives him a gift inside of a a donut (laughs) shop they go to. And it's a gun rack. Yeah. Uh, And he goes off saying, you know, he doesn't even own a gun, let alone many guns that would necessitate an entire rack. Um, This was actually based on something that happened to Mike Myers himself. Okay. He had an ex-girlfriend that tried to reconcile their relationship by giving him a gun rack because she thought it was funny. And it didn't go well, (laughs) and uh, his ex-girlfriend, I guess, was like completely mortified when she saw the movie and saw that he put that in it. (laughs) Oh no! Oh god! Yeah, and like a few years like down the road, he tried to um, apologize for it and everything. (laughs) Oh man, that's pretty good. Uh, And lastly, there's a scene where Wayne and Garth are talking on the hood of a car next to an airport. Yep, where uh, Garth makes a Ask Wayne if he found Bugs Bunny attractive when he dressed up like a girl. Oh, um, yeah. But that entire scene, like that, all that dialogue was completely ad libbed. I get I that, that. That was the last thing that they shot in the entire movie. And uh, everyone was tired and they just wanted to get the shooting done. So they just let uh, Mike Myers and Dana Carvey just roll with it.
0: <laughs> That's funny. I could totally see that. That was that was a lot of randomness in that conversation.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just those two guys were friends. Uh, you know, they they did that. Well, the whole Wayne's World thing came from Saturday Night Live, so they already had a few years of that. through those characters just under their belt. So, you know, they probably could have done most of the movie that way.
0: Yeah. No, you see that a lot, especially in those ones where the actors know each other, but even sometimes when they don't, where you can – You feel and usually can kind of tell when they're just kind of like, okay, talk about this subject. And then they, you know, it's some random. You know, junk that they talk about and winds up being a usually a pretty good uh, scene in the movie. So,
1: yeah, and there's a lot of TV shows that were done like that. Uh, The Office is one of them. Uh, Parks and Rec um, had a few scenes like that. And um, The League is another one, too yeah where the the, the actors just kind of you know ad libbed to a lot of the dialogue
0: i could only yeah i could totally see the league being like that so interesting those those are pretty funny makes me want to watch that movie again so <laughs> but uh we'll stick uh stick with you uh talking brandon as we move into the scary stat of the week. What are you gonna freak us out with this week?
1: Uh, I got one, probably the, one of the most famous uh, stats here, okay. and it comes from the NBA. Uh, just you know, just thinking about, about basketball a little bit more with the you know the finals wrapping up and free agency starting and the draft and all that kind of stuff. Um, so. Wilt Chamberlain's record-setting 100-point game versus the New York Knicks in 1962. Yep, uh, I got a couple kind of interesting stats on that. Um, so in that game with Chamberlain making 100 points, I mean, this was before the the three-point line, Mm -hmm. so you know every shot was either two points, or if he had free throws, it was one point. Yeah. Um. So the second highest scoring, um player on the Warriors at the time, because he was part of the Philadelphia Warriors, which became the 76ers, uh, was Al Addles, and he had 17 points. So, That's you not- know, Wilt was leading the team with 100. The second <laughs> highest scoring guy was 17. So you can only imagine, you know, who was the, the star player on that team. Yeah. Uh, in the game, Chamberlain attempted 63 shots, and he made 38 of them. Uh, he attempted 32 free throws, and he made 28, which is pretty impressive because uh, Chamberlain was kind of notoriously a, a bad free throw shooter. Yeah. Um, in the first quarter, he scored 23 points. In the second, he had 18. In the third, he had 28. And then in the final fourth quarter, he had 31 points.
0: Holy crap.
1: I mean, it's a record that's, that's probably never going to be broken. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't. Nobody's ever really even came close. Uh, I think the last person to come to the closest was Kobe Bryant, and that was eighty points. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was eighty something. Yeah. Um, funny though is that one of Chamberlain's teammates is Paul Arizin, um, and in college he had a hundred point game.
0: Oh wow! Hmm.
1: It was just crazy to think about because you know cause the games aren't as long in college.
0: Yeah. I feel, um, well, I feel like it should have been easier to do in college considering sometimes you have those, uh, the talent gap is so much bigger, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, interesting. All the same.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think about too, because, um, didn't Pete Maravich, he, didn't he like, uh, average something ridiculous, like 50 points a game or something like that in college. Oh, I I can't remember. remember. It's, I think it's a record that's never even come close to it. Oh, and in college, he averaged 44.2 points per game. Okay. Which nobody's ever going to come close to that.
0: Yeah. I mean, unless you get somebody at, you know, dinky little. Yeah. Well, no. It's like a division
1: three school that all they do is just chuck up three pointers.
0: Yeah. Even then I kind of doubt it, but yeah. Yeah. No,
1: interesting. Yeah.
0: Well, I don't know, man, with uh, how some of the NBA teams are looking after free agency has begun. Maybe somebody will just destroy one of them. But mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later when we get to uh, the two-minute drill. So, or no, another segment. But, uh, yeah, we'll just steamroll right on ahead. I want to Because we've got rock moment of the week. and this one we're going to be switching from pro sports to college sports as we hit the rewind button a little bit and we go back uh, last week to Michigan recruiting talked about a little bit in last week's episode but honestly when we were recording we were kind of right in the middle of it so now since we are on the Uh, In the aftermath, we are is concluded and we come out of that week. I can share that the Michigan 2020 class. Gained 10 commits in less than seven days. Awesome. And so that is one two star. Three three star players and six four star players. And that's uh, using rivals rankings. Um, I can't um remember exactly how much. Uh, they moved up. Let me see.
2: Um, do do do.
0: because uh, they moved a huge. I think they moved up like 10 spots. They were in the top 20. Now they're in the top 10, maybe the top wow. five. You have to forgive me. I, forg- I forgot that I wanted to write that down, but I didn't when I was looking at it. So, um, But what I can give you is what uh, 24-7 Sports has them. So yeah, like I said, I know they were in the top 20. And now I'm putting my foot in my mouth as I say, yes, I can give you this information when in fact I'm like completely lying. Anyways, 10 commits (laughs) in less than seven days. And I don't know where they sit on how many spots they have open left. That would totally be a Craig question.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I have no clue. I can tell you how many... um... Scholarships you were able to give away on NCAA football thirteen,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> which was twenty eight. Nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, I. Um, he would totally know something about that. But uh, if for and all of them are a little bit different. But uh, on twenty four seven sports for the recruiting and everything, Michigan is currently ranked sixth. I have no idea where they were ranked before that but yeah they're currently in the 6th spot so like i said very close to the top 5 uh behind Clemson, Alabama, LSU, Ohio State and Georgia which is our common teams to hear in that list so mm-hmm. anyways your rock moment of the week and moving along <laughs> We'll keep things in the realm of football as we bring up our conversation from last week. Uh, This is our little subtopic here. We got a little fan interaction with our uh, topic, our question of the week last week, which was asking for people to share some of their most disappointing Lions football players through the years. Uh, Last week, Brandon and I shared ours. Then we opened the floor for listeners to share their thoughts. And did you have any of those pulled up right now? Did you want to share them or did you want me to?
1: Um, I got a couple here. Um, It was on our, on the the Twitter post you did here for the question of the week. Um, We got one from uh, Palowski. He's at uh, Palowski underscore Roman. And he says uh, Joey, which is uh, Joey Harrington and Charles Rogers, which were uh, two I actually mentioned. And um, once here I got just talking to my brother, uh, my brother Brent, he mentioned a couple that I mentioned, you know, Charles Rogers, which was a a common one. Uh, He mentioned Scott Mitchell, the free agent quarterback that when I was mentioning uh, the Lions, Hard time finding a decent quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was one of them where he had, you know, one good season. He had all these weapons around him. and He just, he couldn't, he couldn't do anything with it. He wasn't, you know, he didn't pan out very good. Uh, hated by the fans because of all of his interceptions. Uh, and a couple other ones he mentioned, he mentioned Roy Williams, who uh, was a big wide receiver from Texas that we drafted in the first round. Uh, had a couple good seasons started to slip a little bit. Um, you know that wasn't a time where the Lions drafted it was either three or four quarterbacks in the quarterbacks, wide receivers in a row in the first round each year. Um, Roy was one of the better ones. Uh, we ended up trading them the Cowboys, um, got some picks, got a couple decent players from that. Uh, the last two we had is he had Ernie Sims, the linebacker from Florida State. Uh, He showed some ability. He he stuck around a lot longer than he should have in the league. Um, It was mostly because of his speed and his instincts, but he is another guy that just, he showed some ability. It just, you know, left you wanting more. And the last one he had was Sean Rogers. He was a big defensive tackle that we drafted from Texas. Um, Big guy, but he was like super athletic and quick for his size. It was over 300 pounds. Um Yeah, I mean, he, I believe he made a Pro Bowl even, and it's just, he kind of lacked determination, I guess, and just, he was wildly inconsistent.
2: Hmm.
1: He kind of questioned his effort at times, I guess. I mean, we ended up trading him or um, cutting him to the Browns, I believe.
0: The Browns, such a great upgrade right there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So
1: which one did you get?
0: Uh, I got uh, we got a couple hits on our Instagram post. Thanks, everybody for uh, that follows on there that has uh, commented. So now it's time for me to butcher everybody's names. Um, We have Mike Capizzi. Seventy one. He said Calvin for worrying about a (laughs) million dollars. So I get I get what he's saying there but also at the same time you know it's kind of like i mean okay i'm not saying that calvin johnson is exactly the equivalent of barry sanders but essentially in the franchise unless you can correct me he's essentially the wide receiver version of barry sanders and it's like dude you did a lot you you know got yourself beat up and the organization did nothing to help you so
1: Mm -hmm. but uh yeah i mean i can't really blame calvin um i mean it was kind of petty people are saying that he's being petty over it well it's kind of petty for the lions to take a million dollars from the guy when yeah they already like he had a huge contract and they're already paying him and he's one of the one of the two best players that the franchise has ever had Mm -hmm. and then you're gonna ask for him to pay you a million dollars back i can kind of yeah i get why he's a little salty over that
0: the way that I look at it is if you put the two in perspective where it's just like, okay, look at all the, uh, look at Calvin Johnson and everything that he's done for the lions. And this is like the one blemish for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then look at the lions franchise and their history of bad decisions, poor handling of things. So it's just like, who has the greater chance of being at fault here?
1: Yeah. And it's just like Kelvin's his whole career was known as, you know, one of the good guys. He was a good locker room guy, high character guy, um, kind of the like reluctant hero, kind of mm-hmm. like Barry was where, you know, he didn't want all the attention that a lot of the, you know, a player of his ability would normally want, Um, and, you know, especially a guy like Barry Sanders, too that for as flashy as he played that he, you know, kind of shied away from the spotlight and and Calvin was a little similar to that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I understand the comment, but I wouldn't necessarily say I agree with it. So, Uh, but thanks for sharing. And then also here's where the butchering is coming in. Um, I don't know if it's supposed to be pronounced or if it's just kind of like a bunch of letters put together. Um, something Alan Daly R- Ryoji? Ah, you know how to say that? Ryoji? I, I guessed
1: What the? <laughs> so Mr. Alan Daly If you're listening We apologize for the slaughtering of your name Hey I,
0: at least I didn't attempt it I said something Alan Daly And then you got it So <laughs> you, you totally like caught the fumble
1: Yeah so well if I slaughtered it Then it's my fault
0: I think that's uh that's pretty accurate looking at it anyways uh he uh seconded my opinion with eric ebron uh then he shared uh abdullah
1: mm-hmm. and tease tabor oh yeah tease tabor <laughs> yeah When you would you tell me about that one I'm like, yep wholeheartedly agree on that one but you know, I can't say that too much that he was disappointing because I didn't expect much from the pick to begin with.
0: Uh, Yeah. I remember your comment on that.
1: Yeah. I just. Uh, our friend Jason and I still talk about how much we hated that draft pick. <laughs> like we'll go back and look at like, Oh yeah, we could have this guy and this guy, but we picked a quarterback who ran a four six five.
2: Yeah. Well, and now he's
1: we... linebackers faster than this guy, but you know, we needed him.
0: Yeah, we can only wait and see what happens with the weird picks that the Lions had this year. So,
1: oh yeah, but uh, who
0: knows? Maybe maybe they're smarter than we are.
1: But yeah, keep... I have to assume they're smarter than I am. So, yeah, Abdullah, yeah, I'm though, wait and see here. Yeah, yeah Abdullah, Abdullah, I wasn't.
0: He with the way that you're talking about uh, Tabor, I would say, I kind of feel with Abdullah. I mean, like. I had higher hopes for Abdullah, but I didn't really expect a lot from him. So it's kind of like, eh, he flopped kind of as expected.
1: Yeah, Abdullah was one of those picks where it's like, okay, I probably wouldn't have taken him. But I know that he has ability because, you know, I watched him play Michigan. Mm-hmm. He, like He's an electrifying player. You know, if he can, you know, keep it together, uh, I just... It's like, I thought he brought a lot to the table, but I he wouldn't have been a guy I picked. So I didn't have too much expectation. And, you know, came into preseason, he had a few nice runs in the preseason games. I'm like, you know what, maybe he'll do something. And, you know, it just, just didn't pan out. He had a fumbling problem, and then he started getting injuries racking up. Um, I mean, he had a Liz Frank injury, which is like a death blow for running backs pretty much. So, I mean take that as it is. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a better second round pick than Tease Tabor.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I do remember that too. I remember that draft where it's just kind of like, okay, they need a running back and it's no surprise that they took him, but I wasn't excited about it. I didn't. Right. Yeah. So that that is what it is, I guess. And so thank you, everybody, for your feedback. We appreciate it. Uh, we do always have our questions of the week, so you can always comment on uh, our, what we share on Twitter and our Instagram, as well as our Facebook. We have our Facebook page where we post questions, and you can easily uh, like the page, follow what we're doing, and then comment on there. And uh, there is still the voicemail that you can call into as well and quickly i'll say this too uh just kind of as a simple plug uh, we know that sometimes people want to uh through the years that have wanted to support the show and actually kind of a fun interesting way of if you want to support the show in a small amount uh, we have our rock apparel uh, store up on redbubble where we Mm -hmm. have some of our uh, shirts for the Blue Brothers Sportscast. We also just have some designs that we put together, uh, both Brandon and I. Right now, mostly Brandon, but both Brandon and I. (laughs) And uh, when you purchase off of there, we get some of the profit. So, I mean, we get a benefit from it, but also you actually get something out of, you know, if you like anything on there. So... If anybody's interested, want to put that information out there. I don't know if we've really talked about it on the show, but yeah, if you go to Redbubble and look up rock apparel, you should uh, easily find the Blue Brothers designs, and then also just some other random ones, usually revolving around '80s stuff. So,
1: yeah, and the cool thing about Redbubble is that you can like get T-shirts, uh, long sleeve T-shirts, sweatshirts. Um, you can get phone cases, stickers, posters. Uh, pretty much anything that you can put a design on, you can get from Redbubble.
0: Yeah, and if you guys, if you guys see something that might not be available in one of the products, just contact us and we can probably set it up. Yeah, also, for sure. Also, if you um, see something and you're like, "Hey, it'd be cool if you maybe had it like this," we're pretty flexible and pretty open to ideas. If you guys want it, maybe set up a little bit different way. So, just let us know and we can probably make it happen. Uh, Anything else with the uh, feedback on the lines?
1: Uh, No, that was all I had.
0: Okay. All right. Then we'll get into new stuff. All right. So, main subject matter for this week is actually kind of a really interesting one. had a fun time thinking about it, and I think this is going to show that Brandon has a wider knowledge of sports overall in general. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm pr- I'm pretty focused in my sport sports, uh, but Brandon has a longer history and things like that. So uh, you'll you'll see where this goes with this conversation. So essentially, we're presenting the question, and this is going to be used for question of the week two That we'll bring up here before then the show, but if you could have one player that you could keep from getting injured for their entire career, who would you pick? And so we're going to discuss it for uh, all different facets of sport of sports. I'm going to, you know, focus on the ones that I actually know and can think of. Uh, And then Brandon has a whole slew because he's been, little bit more versed in sports so actually since you have i think more than i do i'll probably let you kick it off with whichever one you choose to and then we'll just kind of alternate back and forth
1: uh yeah i mean um i just kind of picked one player that i would uh keep from getting injured from each of the main four sports professional sports um the very first guy that popped in my head was my favorite basketball player growing up, and that's uh, Penny Hardaway. He played for the Magic in the '90s. Uh, he was point guard, but he was six seven and about two hundred pounds. Uh, being so big, he was hard for guards to to guard. So he was a mismatch, and he could also he was too way too fast for forwards. So he was a little before his time. Like, right now, if a player like him came out, um, he'd be one of the best players easily in the NBA. I mean, at the time, he was a pretty amazing player as well. He was on the Magic the same time Shaq was. So, I mean, they made a whole ESPN 30 for 30 about the the mid-'90s Orlando Magic and that one-two punch they had with Penny and Shaq. And those two guys, like, even, say... You know, before there was Shaq and Kobe, there was Penny and Shaq. And, you know, to contrast uh, Shaq and Kobe, Penny and Shaq were good friends. And they still get along really well. (laughs) You know, where (laughs) Shaq and Kobe, you know, not on the best terms. Uh, Things didn't end well there. But uh, actually Shaq played a pickup game. I think it was for, like, the shooting of the movie Blue Chips. And, um... You know, they just grabbed some random prospects to play in that game where Shaq was one of the stars of the movie. And the point guard they had for that was Penny Hardaway. And just in the pickup game, Shaq, they knew he knew they had like a special chemistry. Okay. And so he actually got the magic to uh, get Penny Hardaway, which they ended up drafting Chris Webber from Michigan with the first pick traded uh, Webber for Penny Hardaway and i believe like another draft pick. Um, I mean they did they did great they went to the finals uh, and they lost the rockets. But Hardaway he was really hampered in 97-98. Uh, it was pretty much the major drop in his production is when he uh he blew out his knee. And hmm. he came back cuz he was getting about 20 some points per game in the mid 90s. Once he blew his knee out, it, it dropped down to like 15, 12. Uh, he was traded to the Suns. He, he I think he made the all-star game once. That was about it. Uh, he went on to the Knicks as a backup and then, you know, ended his career with one season in Miami. Uh, he was a four-time all-star. He was a two-time NBA first team player. He was on the NBA all-rookie team and he was the rookie of the year runner up to Chris Weber. Um, and he was also on the 96 gold medal team in the Olympics. Okay. Uh, that is a bummer. And he had some pretty awesome shoes that are super popular. Still, <laughs> <laughs> if you look up the air penny, um, from Nike, uh, they're still really popular shoes.
0: I'm looking that up right now.
1: <laughs> oh, I kind of recognize that. Yeah. He had a few, a few different kinds. Um, I believe he had three or four different designs, but there's one of them that's super popular. I think it's the first one I came out with. Nice. But yeah, who do you got?
0: Uh, well, I'll stick with NBA. Um, and so most of my NBA viewership was focused around Detroit. Like that was during a time where I did not really watch. Unless I was watching with other people, uh, there mm-hmm. was, there was a huge stint where we didn't have like cable TV. Um, and so I would watch my sports with other people and I was more into basketball th- during that time, watched NBA. And so first and foremost, I was about the Detroit Pistons and I cannot recall anything huge for injuries during the time that I was watching, but then we also just like watching the exciting players at the time. And early 2000s was uh, Tracy McGrady. Mm-hmm. So uh, talking about the magic again. Uh, I mean, he was just really electri- electrifying. I mean, one of my friends was all about, you know, wanting his game to be like Tracy McGrady's game. And, uh, you know, going around instead of saying Kobe, you know, sometimes it'd be like T-Mac. so i mean he was he was you know that up-and-coming star since he already had some of those uh really established uh people like kobe and Shaq and things like that so uh tracy mcgrady was the shiny new toy and he was doing really awesome i mean he i even remember when he played against detroit and you know i mean you loved watching him still wanted detroit to win which was actually kind of an interesting time for him because uh they wound up wound up losing to Detroit, but yeah, yeah, in the and, first
1: round of the playoffs. Yeah, 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 McGrady was pretty much the only thing they had on that team.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was when he was by himself, and then oh, what am I trying to see? I can't remember. I was kind of looking around, and I can't. Shoot, now I'm forgetting because I looked up so many different things. What the specific injury was? Ankle. No, but he went. Wa- oh, uh, no, he just got a bunch of different stuff. I think it was having uh, back issues and things.
1: Yeah, he had a bunch of little things pile up. He was another one of my favorite players at the time, which ironic, both him and Penny Hardaway wore the number one in Orlando. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and they're both point guards.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, crap. I'm not seeing the specific inju- uh, bleh, injuries, but yeah, I do remember that he dealt with uh, several stuff, back, shoulder, knee, and some of them were surgeries and things like that. So, I mean, once mm-hmm. you start getting deep enough, it's it's the end. So, and he was in Orlando, he was in Houston, but yeah, he was exciting. He was f- uh, fun to watch, but then it just, I mean, it was really unfortunate that you didn't really get to see all of it, a lot like uh, Penny, so.
1: Yeah, McGrady was actually in Detroit, too. When was that? It was towards the end of his career. Um, I actually went to a Pistons game when they were playing the Phoenix Suns, I believe it was. Yeah, it was the Suns, because at the time, Phoenix had, I believe, Grant Hill and Vince Carter. Oh, yeah. And the Pistons had, like, next to nothing. I mean, they still had Rip. But they had John Kuster as a coach, and for whatever reason, he didn't care for Rip Hamilton. But they had Tracy McGrady as one of their bench players.
0: Okay, wow, yeah. I mean,
1: he was only there for one year. It was one of the last years he played. Mm -hmm. And I think he was only getting, you know, maybe like five points per game. Yeah. He was brought in more for, um, you know, to pass the ball and play some defense. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I just looked that up. That was just, like, really one season, so... Yeah, he only had his good stint really with Orlando. I mean, he did some stuff in Houston, but that was a constant decline for him. So, yeah, that was my NBA one. What else do you have?
1: Um, my next one I got here is from the NHL. Um, another one of my favorite players growing up is uh, Pavel Bure. He is a Russian hockey player. Um, he was basically like Barry Sanders on skates. He was so fast. Uh, he was super quick and agile, and he was he was just like a highlight reel. You never knew what he was going to do. He'd have like these crazy end-to-end um, goals where he'd weave in, the, in and out of everybody, um, do some crazy deke or something on the goalie and, and score. Uh, he was racking up goals for a while. He had back-to-back 60-goal seasons. Uh, he played for the Vancouver Canucks the majority of his career. Um, that's who drafted him. He was taken in like the fifth or sixth round or something. Um, I guess, I mean, back then it was kind of a gamble on Russian players because you didn't have too much tape on them. You just knew every Russian player could skate really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you knew that you were going to get a good skater. You just didn't know, you know, what their other abilities were. But Bray, he, he's actually a Hall of Famer, but he ended up with 437 career goals which would have been a lot higher, but he ended up with knee injuries and, you know, that kind of limit his ability because his playing style with this, the speed and agility was hampered a lot by, you know, just the the lower body knee and ankle injuries that he had. Uh, He could have played a lot longer. He ended up going from Vancouver to Florida had a couple good seasons in Florida. Then he went to the New York Rangers and he couldn't stay healthy there and I think that was his last stop. But he retired shortly after. That. He only played a few seasons for the Rangers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you guys have never seen anything on him, um yeah, you should look him up. He has some he has some pretty awesome highlights. The some of the stuff that he could do back then was pretty amazing. Nice.
0: Those Russians and Canadians, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's definitely their their number one sport, the the Swedes are up there, too.
0: Oh, yeah. And Iceland. Don't forget about Iceland.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, gutter stall. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, any other ones you got?
0: Yeah. Well, I'll stick with the pro for right now, and I'll move into the NFL. And then I know you've got uh, stuff for the NFL to share. And so I'll actually repeat or not repeat, but go back to the conversation that we had last week and bring up a player again. And that's javed best. My, um, expanse of, you know, NFL viewing is not that wide. I don't want, I didn't watch a ton of teams for a long time. It was just always Detroit. And then also it doesn't go back that far, uh, through the years. So job best was, uh, the biggest one kind of kind of the earliest on that i just thought would have made a really big impact for the lions that if he could have been healthy to have a weapon like him at running back it would have just really helped having you know because there was calvin johnson and nate burleson and um Matthew Stafford on the offense and some other things in and out during that time. Cause that was a, his, uh, full year of playing was 2010. And so those were some of the people there. And then you had the things going on with, uh, defense, you know, cause Sue was still on the team at that time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so just, it, I feel like it would have been different. Not saying like they would, it would have been super Bowl, man. Um, no, not saying that, but I just feel like it would have been, you know, Competing more for the NFC, maybe some playoff appearances, appearance, appearances, plural, maybe something kind of like that. But yeah, he missing out on him. And then the fact that no other running backs worked out at all during that time. Um, I mean, gosh, what was that? I think, uh, did you and I have a conversation about it? I can't remember. Uh, actually I might have an image with it. But just like the difference that it makes, because um, we've talked about this with college. I know that, too, as well. If you have a good running back and the impact that it can be.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, uh, Crap, where was it? Because it was something about whenever um, Matthew Stafford had a running back. Of over a hundred yards, what their win loss was. Mm-hmm. Ah, dang it, that sucks. I thought, I thought I had a picture of it or took a picture of it somewhere, but it was like really crazy. Like they, I think it was like nine and or yeah, like nine and one or something like that. So for Matthew Stafford's whole career or whatever, there's only been like ten times a running back has gone a hundred yards or more. Yeah. If if that, I think it's not even that many and job at best just had, you know, had everything showing that he probably could, could have done that if he stayed healthy. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, that was the most disappointing. It would, I would love to see Detroit with a good running back while Calvin Johnson was still there. So, um,
1: yeah. Um, yeah, man, if Job at best could have stayed healthy. Like like I said last week, uh, he showed flashes of greatness at times and just his playmaking ability. Just He was one of those guys that you never knew what was going to happen when he got the ball. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just sad that we got it in such a small dose. Yeah, and I was really disappointed in the, the couple times he got injured and, the you know, the writing was on the wall. Just, you know, especially with concussions is the issues he had. Yeah. That. You knew after you got a couple and he already had that, that, uh, scary one in college that, you know, they were just going to pile up. Oh yeah. And, and I saw, he wasn't I wasn't going to last long.
0: I finally saw that too. I saw that video. So
1: yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty scary now that we know what we know about concussions and you know, the symptoms and all that. Yeah. So,
0: and you have some for the NFL too then, right?
1: Yeah, I got probably the most obvious one. Um, I'm sure once we put this topic out here, we're gonna have a lot of people talking about it. Um there'll be another running back, which is Bo Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um I think everybody knows who Bo Jackson is. Uh just you know, hearing stories, seeing highlights. Um there was a thirty for thirty about Bo Jackson and his career. Um but if you don't know, Bo was a professional Baseball player and a professional football player. Basically, Bo would play an entire Major League Baseball season for the Royals. Once that season was over, then he would go and play football for the Raiders. So, you know, we're talking a a limited amount of time that he played. Um, Back then, you know, the playoffs for baseball didn't go as far as they do now. So, you know, he was playing maybe about 10 games a season in the NFL. Hmm. But just in that 10 games, he had a couple times where he had a thousand yards rushing, which is crazy to think about just, and I mean, he had a couple games before he was even in football shape. And that just goes to show like how naturally gifted, how naturally uh, strong and fast he was. Um, he unofficially has the best 40-yard dash time, which was an insane um, 4.19 hand-timed. Jeez. So you're you're talking about uh, we got Chris Johnson, the old running back for the Titans. I believe he had one of the best times. His was like a 4.2, and I think, was it? John Ross, a wide receiver for the Bengals had the fastest of all time. And I mean, don't quote me exactly on it, but I think it was a 4.21. And I mean, he's kind of a, a taller lanky guy. So think about a dude who is six foot one and 235 pounds running a 4.19 and running at you. <laughs> and that was Bo Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hard to tackle, hard to catch. Uh Not so much um, like you know the ability to weave in and out of people like Barry Sanders or something, but if you think you had an angle on Bo, I mean that would have changed in like a second. You'd see guys that had like a huge angle on him coming towards the sideline, and Bo just kicks it another gear and he's gone. Uh, His injury it happened in the playoffs against the Bengals. Uh, he was on a run. Uh, he got tackled and grabbed guy grabbed him by the leg and brought him down. And it, I mean, it just looked like a routine tackle, but Bo didn't get back up. And from what he claims is that he felt his his hip pop out of place, and he claims that he popped it back into place, which doctors say is impossible. But from the way his injury was, you kind of think that, you know, it was dislocated, so it was possible maybe he did pop it back in place. But, you know, doctors and medical professionals say that it should be humanly impossible. But basically, the injury caused a loss of blood flow to his hip. Uh, Mm -hmm. So the cartilage in his hip was, like, completely gone. He had what they call a vascular necrosis, which is a lack of blood flow to a bone or tissue. Um, so that forced him to retire. He had to get a hip replacement and he was still able to continue playing baseball for a few years. And he was still pretty good at baseball, but his football career was over with.
0: Yeah,
1: man. And there's been a lot of times where I remember as a kid watching Barry Sanders and asking my dad, like if he thought Barry Sanders was the best running back ever. And. Well, first thing you would always tell me is he always thought Jim Brown was the best running back ever. <laughs> <laughs> and he told me that Barry Sanders' his dad used to always say that, too. Um, but he said, he's like, but I don't know, because Bo Jackson got injured so early. Like, if he would have stuck just to football and wouldn't have got injured, Bo Jackson would have been the greatest running back of all time. Mm. Man.
0: Oh, it's always such a bummer.
1: I know. <laughs> Have you ever watched that 30 for 30 about Bo? No, I haven't. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, basically, he, well, he won the Heisman Trophy as a running back for Auburn. And he wa- really wanted to play baseball. He wanted to play both. But, you know, that wasn't going to happen. He had to come out into the draft because he visited with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for football and they told him, Oh, this isn't going to hurt your eligibility or anything for baseball. And he's like, okay, well, I'll come visit. Well, little did he know that it did hurt his eligibility. So there's one day he was at practice and his coach came up and says, you have to go. Like you went and visited with the Buccaneers and you spoke with people. So you have no more eligibility. So he had to sit out the whole baseball season which the Buccaneers ended up taking him first overall and he refused to play for him because they ruined his baseball, his college baseball career.
0: Wow. Yeah. Did he still get paid?
1: Um, did he get paid by the Buccaneers? Yeah. No, he was basically just like a free agent. So like when the next year came around, I think like Al Davis and the Raiders took him in like the sixth round or something nuts. So they drafted his, they redrafted his rights and then they made the deal with Bo, like, hey, you can go play baseball if you want to. But when you're done, will you come play football for us? And he was, he was fine with that. So they yes. ended up getting, like, an, an all-pro running back um, in the sixth round. But they only had him for part of the season. But they yeah. had him for the playoffs so is the most important thing. hmm Yeah. So what else you got?
0: Uh well I'm gonna go with my last one. Gonna be switching up with college. Um so this is so this is gonna be a weird conversation, uh, because like I said, my my sports past does not go super far. And my in depth involvement with sports took time to uh to come up um because my dad was mostly a college basketball uh viewer and so we always watched the tournament every year and I wasn't really attached to any of the teams during that time when I was young but uh so I'm going to go back in um Michigan college football and so this is going to be kind of interesting and this is a little bit of a longer conversation but if I could pick one time that a player could have been healthy for an uh for the whole season mm mm-hmm. Ah, I know this is kind of weird because then when you break it down, there's so many other things with this. I was trying to think of what could have made the difference with the um, the 2016 season, but I didn't really know. I mean, maybe you could have said Spate with his injury with the Ohio State game kind of thing. But Mm -hmm. I don't think that that would have made the biggest difference. Uh, Honestly, I mean, it kind of was what it was. But, uh, so I'm going to throw out an interesting scenario here, and that would be Denard Robinson for the two thousand twelve season, really, so the reason with this is because i remember I remember this very uh vividly and and I still have issue with Denard Robinson having been the quarterback, and you know we'll go with that whole thing, but just to talk about that very unique situation was because. Uh, he went down during the Nebraska game. Michigan had already lost two games that year, but they were to non non-conference teams. They lost to Alabama, and they lost a close one to Notre Dame. Uh, but then they, they were winning their games, and they, came to, they were on the road in Nebraska. And uh, I can't remember exactly when it was in the game, but I want to say it was the first half. Uh, Denard Robinson went down with an injury. And they wound up losing 23 to nine. So it wasn't like a blowout or anything.
1: Mm-hmm. And honestly,
0: you know, I mean, it was, they were only, only down by a touchdown going into the fourth quarter. If he could have been healthy for that whole season, I feel like it would have been quite a bit different and that Michigan could have beat Nebraska. And the reason why I'm saying 2012 and this whole thing is because it would have been, um, a huge difference maker because that was when the divisions were still the legends and the leaders. And so yeah. if Michigan had beaten Nebraska, they would have gone to the big 10 title game.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, also what I find interesting too, is that honestly I feel like if Michigan could have beaten Nebraska, they would have been on, you know, by the time they got to Ohio state, they would have been on a seven game winning streak who knows, maybe that could have carried over and, you know, ga- gained momentum where they could have maybe even won that Ohio state game. Cause they only lost 26 to 21. If you guys remember that. Yeah. In, in urban Meyer's first year. So basically after Robinson went down, they tried Bellamy in the Nebraska game, but that was a complete disaster. But then <laughs> um, Gardner took over and he did pretty well. I mean, he got three of the next four, four games, but if it had been the same thing with Robinson taking the lead in everything, I think that they could have maybe had a different um, outcome with the Ohio State game. Not saying it would happen, but, you know, maybe it could have gone better. And that would have been a nice monkey off the back with beating Urban Meyer in his first year. Oh, yeah. And, and this is what I'll say, too, about the whole Ur- Urban Meyer thing real quickly. I feel like Urban Meyer didn't take things seriously to a certain extent in his first two, maybe three years at Ohio State. Uh, because let's face it, he was playing against Brady Hoke and his team. <laughs> and the first year, um, you know, Michigan lost by five points at Ohio State. And Michigan was not, you know, not really that great. Even though Ohio State was dealing with its own things, they had a talented roster. But you didn't really see Urban Meyer, you know, defeat teams like he did in the past couple years where he just completely dissected them, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, And that can even go into the next year because that was also the year that Michigan lost by one when they tried to win it uh, with the two-point conversion.
1: Yeah, I listened to that one on the radio.
0: (laughs) Yeah, when Michigan was, you know, Really awful, and they only had seven wins for the season, and yet they were still able to compete with the number three ranked Ohio State and everything like that, so yeah, I thought that was just kind of interesting, but yeah i uh from the standpoint of you know, yeah, I wouldn't have really wanted to mend the quarterback, but it would have been nice if he was healthy, could have kept him uh in his position probably could be in nebraska would at least been able to say that michigan has been to the big 10 title game instead of sitting here still and ever since they've implemented the big 10 championship michigan has yet to even go to it
2: mm-hmm.
0: so yeah that, that was kind of like my take on uh college football injury and what What kind of could have been. It wasn't really a career ending or anything like that, but just kind of one of those unique situations. But then I think about more, and it's just like, well, heck, if that wound up being a good season, then how long would they have kept Brady Hoke, blah, 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 whatever. Right. So, but that was still two years. I mean, 2013 wasn't anything good, and then 2014 got bad enough, and it was just like dead anyway. So even if 2013 was a good year, he probably would have been gone, but... That was my thought. So you still
1: have. Um, I have one more. Baseball. Yeah, and that's uh, baseball. Um, the one player I would keep from getting injury in baseball is Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, he was a, an amazing athlete. Uh, he was like equally as good on offense as he was on defense. I remember watching him when you'd play the Tigers when I was a kid and this him robbing home runs all the time at center field, you know, jumping up, reaching over the wall and catching the ball. Uh, That was just kind of like his signature play at the time. Um, A lot of people forget that he was originally in that home run record race with Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. Uh, He Finished that season with fifty six home runs, but he did it without steroids and <laughs> um, PEDs. <laughs> uh, that's a he. He's kind of known as you know one of the most naturally talented baseball players. His his dad was a was a major league player, uh, and things just things just kind of came easy to, to Griffey. I mean, not that he wasn't a hard worker, but just you know, just his natural ability that he had, and actually, his career might have never even existed. I I read today online that when he was given his Hall of Fame speech, he talked about when he was, I think he was like seventeen or eighteen, and he tried to commit suicide, and he oh, took wow. he took one hundred and twenty seven aspirin. What? Yeah, and like his girlfriend's mother rushed him to the emergency room and they were able to, you know, they able to take care of him and he was in intensive care for a little while. Um, you know, like he had depression kind of piling up and just, he said he felt like every day, you know, he would go, he was at home and his dad was yelling at him for something. And then, you know, he'd go to practice and he was getting yelled at by coaches and everything. And it just, you know, brought him down. So, You know, after that whole thing, he kind of reconciled things with his dad, became good friends with his dad. He actually, his first couple of years in the league, he played with his dad, um, went on to have a Hall of Fame career. Just, you know, he's one of those guys that he ended his career with 630 home runs. And a lot of people believe if he wouldn't have had all the hamstring injuries that he did in the 2000s, that he probably would have been the one to break Hank Aaron's career and not uh, Barry Bonds. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, a lot of your your baseball traditionalists play that what if, you know, because just because he went through his whole career doing it naturally, you know, without any performance-enhancing drugs. So... You know, I mean, if he wouldn't, uh, he he, went, he played for the Mariners most of his career, and then he was he went on to the Reds in 2000, and that's when the injuries started happening. I remember he had a couple seasons where he would only play a few games and, you know, tore his hamstring again. It was just one after another. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ended his career, I believe, with the Chicago White Sox, and, you know, by the end of it, he was just kind of a shell of his former self, you know, all those injuries to his leg, it you know, get, kind of hampered the way he played as well. Um, and also a little known fact is he was a, an amazing football player in high school, too. And he said around the time of his Hall of Fame induction that he actually had more offers for football than he did for baseball. And he said if he would have went on to play football, he wanted to play for Bo Schembechler at Michigan.
0: Oh, yeah, I think I remember hearing that. He, he
1: was offered a scholarship by Bo
0: that would have been interesting.
1: Yeah. I mean, he was he was over 6 foot. He was about 215 pounds. So, you know, you can kind of see it. And, like, the jumping ability that the guy had was nuts. So, you know, that would have been... He probably would have been a pretty awesome receiver at the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Man. Yeah, but all those things that could have been... <laughs> So there were there were plenty of other ones that were out there too that we could have mentioned, but only so much time to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So, but good stuff, good conversation. So, but going from the good things, we'll move on into
2: garbage day.
0: Huh? Garbage. Play of the week. Well, free agency for the NBA is upon us, and you would think that some people would get it right. I don't know what's more sad, the Lions in the NFL or the Knicks in the NBA. <laughs> but uh, the Knicks have found a way to screw up free agency when they had plenty of money, plenty of opportunity to do something right and bring in some able uh, athletes into New York City But they flopped because they did not want to give Kevin Durant a max contract. And so now they get to see Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and DeAndre Jordan go to their neighbors in New Jersey. And what probably just makes it sound even worse is that someone posted an article about it that said, this is easily one of the 20 most embarrassing Knicks moments since 2017. So if you have that many embarrassing moments in just two years, you know, it's got to be really bad. So I could go into all the details on how that just makes it so bad with the different things going on that they have there and in the past two years. But if you want to look it up, you can look into it further and just witness the monstrosity. (laughs) so then we'll find ourselves at the two minute drill and uh brandon are you gonna be right for this
1: yeah i'm good to go
0: okay all right so here we go all right first up happy birthday to carry on johnson uh his birthday was on the 30th detroit lions 22 years old happy birthday brandon
1: uh, actually, today, Ju- July 1st, is Canada Day. So happy Canada Day to all of our Canadian listeners. Caleb?
0: All right. Uh, then into a uh, little comparison here. Denver, uh, someone shared on Twitter that Denver Nuggets uh, star Jamal Murray uh, got a five-year contract of $170 million for max extension, and they did a comparison where Tom Brady has made only $212 million for his entire career. Brandon.
1: Uh, the Detroit Pistons signed the often injured uh, Derrick Rose for a two-year contract, Caleb.
0: Uh, outside of sports, watch out, because the office is leaving Netflix in 2020. <laughs> Uh, It will be moving to NBC's streaming service in 2021.
1: Brandon. Uh, Today marked the 23-year anniversary that the Winnipeg Jets moved to Phoenix to become the Coyotes. Uh, It was, God, 15 years later before the Winnipeg Jets would come back to the NHL, Caleb.
0: Uh, let's go ahead and talk about history a little bit more because back in 1904, the summer modern summer Olympics games opened in St. Louis, which was the first held in United States.
1: Brandon, uh, the Red Wings resigned uh, Valteri Filppula. Uh, he was gone for a few years. Uh, Iserman brought him back. Uh, they brought him back on a two-year deal. Caleb.
0: Uh, Directors Cup which is all of college sports for the overall most accomplishments for a university the final standings came out with first place Stanford second place Michigan and third place Florida and time has expired Brandon did you have anything else
1: Uh last thing I had is that the New York Rangers got the the top overall free agent in NFL free agency and that's uh, Artemi Panarin um They signed him away from the Islanders who were actually pursuing him, the other New York team.
0: All right. There you go. As your two-minute drill for this week. And so then that will bring us to our question of the week. And so it's what our topic was about. And we're going to ask you all to please share with us any player, any sport, Uh, If you want to do one player from each sport, uh, kind of like what Brandon was doing, by all means, go ahead. Uh, But if you have one athlete that rises above them all, uh, please share with us your thoughts on who is one player that you wish you could keep from getting injured for their entire career. Let us know. Like I said, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, phone, any way you want to respond. Uh, you can comment on SoundCloud, actually, too. Uh, share with us your thoughts, and we will be discussing those next week. Uh, this is the week of July 4th. We hope you all have a good holiday. Hope you have uh, time off. If you are some of our listeners in Canada, sorry you don't get to celebrate it because that is an American holiday. And uh, I heard somebody having conversation with somebody, and they said, yeah, in Canada, we don't celebrate that.
1: So, Yeah, they have Canada Day which is today. Did they
0: have today (laughs) off?
1: I believe so. That is a national holiday in Canada. That's their, um, that's like their independence day.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I wasn't sure. Okay. Well, Hey, there you go. Hope we hope you guys enjoy Canada. And, uh, yeah, everybody travel safe, have fun. Uh, whatever you guys do, we hope you have a good time and don't forget though. Stranger things. Season three coming on the fourth. (laughs) If you haven't watched that show, you should. Yeah, uh, Brandon, totally. Brandon, anything else before
1: we go? Um, no, not really. I guess, uh, you know, with the the question of the week, it could be any sport. I mean, it doesn't have to be the big four um major sports. Um, you know, if you got some college ones like Caleb did, if you you wanna throw in uh you know, UFC fighter, if you wanna throw in a boxer, professional wrestler, mm-hmm. or whatever, I mean You know, whatever uh, athlete you guys got, just throw them out there.
0: Yeah. For sure. So, yep, share with us your thoughts. And, yeah. Shoot, there was something else I was going to say before I let it go. Oh, yeah. Uh, Don't forget, enjoy the music as we continue with our streak of sending everybody off with one of the greatest songs ever made by the most amazing taekwondo rock band ever dragon sound (laughs) and with that we'll finish with
1: go blue go blue